the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends. Welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And Aubrey and I are thrilled to be joined uh, by a pastor, author, Barnabas Piper. Barnabas uh, wrote The Pastor's Kid, What It's Like and How to Help. Barnabas, how you doing today, man? Thanks for joining us. Doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Hey, before we get dive into the book, Aubrey and I have a we have a lot invested in this idea of pastors' kids. So that's <laughs> yes, why we, we thought do. about you to bring you on to have this conversation. But let people know what you're doing now, where you are, uh, so they can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my family and I live in the Nashville suburbs. I serve as an assistant pastor at uh, Emmanuel Church, just on the west side of downtown Nashville. Prior to that, I worked in the Christian publishing industry for about 14 years. So I actually used to live up nearer to where you guys are located, worked at a couple publishers there, and then moved down here. Uh, and then unexpectedly in 2019, well, 2018 into 2019, the Lord uh, uprooted me from that and, and called me into pastoral ministry. So I went from writing about being a pastor's kid, just as, as uh, having been one, to now uh, I have to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak, because <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm doing the same. <laughs> ah, I love that. Um, okay, so Barnabas, Brian and I, uh, you know, we talked about how we both uh, have pastor's kids. And I think the question is, there's a lot of stereotypes about being a pastor's kid. And I know, you know, every experience is different, but talk to us about what it's like, because that's one of the things you talk about <laughs> in your book. So let's start. Yeah. There. What's it like being a pastor's kid that people that might surprise people? Yeah, the uh, well, I think I think pastors' kids, yeah, do get stereotyped a lot. They're sort of the rebellious kids or the troublemakers, and that's that's occasionally true. It's certainly true for some of us more than others. Um, but I think the unexpected or the the part that would surprise people is the amount of pressure that pastors' kids often feel, hmm. even if the church treats the the pastor's family really well. And I will say, I think most churches do. I don't think it's a I don't think there's sort of a a pandemic of churches mistreating pastors. But there's just a sense as a pastor's kid that all eyes are on me all the time. Uh, everybody knows who you are. There's sort of a yeah. sense of, of expectation. I need to live up to a certain standard, even if it hasn't been articulated, uh, sort of been internalized. Um, and, and that can lead to kind of removing yourself from vulnerability, from honesty, not being sure who you can talk to because that reflects badly on the ministry. Um, there's just, so it's that, it's that pressure aspect and then a byproduct of that is often a a really stunted relationship with God because everything has been filtered through what am I supposed to be rather than wow. who who is Jesus Christ to me? What is my personal affection for Christ, relationship with Christ, uh, et cetera? So that... That I mean, if I was going to sum it up, I'd put it in that in those categories. Wow. There's there's the pressure of being observed, the removal from from honest community out of out of kind of defensiveness almost, mm -hmm. and then a stilted relationship with God because of that potentially. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so Barnabas, wow. Uh, my kids are they're older now. They're nineteen, fifteen, and thirteen. But I've been a pastor mm -hmm. 
the whole time they've been alive, right? They've always been in the church. And my wife and I have always said there's great things about it, but there's things, there's dangers, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if there's a pastor listening out there and their kids are young or they're thinking of having kids, just what's one or two words of advice? If you were like, do these two things, what are yeah. those two things you'd say? Uh, kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, I'd give two pieces of advice. The first is uh, be, be invested in having a ton of fun. Uh, be, be the captain of fun in your household. Um, because, because so much of what your kids see is ministerial is, is heavy. And I don't necessarily mean heavy, bad, but just heavy, significant. There's sermon preparation, there's teaching time, there's counseling people, there's giving your time to the church. So when you're with your kids, be a blast, figure Mm -hmm. out what that means. That's going to look different for different people. Cause those are the memories that last. And those are the things that that's the glue of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when your kids are 25, they're going to want to talk to the person who made them joyful, I think, is, <laughs> is a big piece of that. Uh, and then on the other end is just crack open that can of worms and just start talking to them. You know, probably like elementary school. How do you feel when? How do you feel mm-hmm. when I talk about you in a sermon? The answer is probably not great. So maybe don't do that. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. uh, or how do you feel when? you know, people look to you for answers in Sunday school because you're the pastor's kid. Ask them, what are the things that make them feel squeezed? Because even if you can't solve their problems, because you probably can't in all cases, you have at least created a context where they know that you are listening and you understand. And you're not just sort of like, you're the pastor's kid, live up to it, which is historically has, has been a stereotype. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, mom is screaming at you all the way to church. And before you get out of the minivan, she's like, now you remember who you are. You're, you know, you're this last name and you will live up to it kind of thing. Don't do that. So instead be like, Hey, we're we're all sinners. We all need the same Jesus. Mm. People are going to put some expectations on you. I want to help you navigate that stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's dive into that a little bit more. Cause it's, you know, one of the stereotypes that I think is true for good reason Barnabas is sort of the wayward pastor's son because of that pressure, because Mm -hmm. of those false expectations. They're like, I'm done. I'm out. Uh, What's a word of counsel maybe for parents in that situation, pastoral parents who are watching their kids go, I I can't, this is too much. I'm done. I'm walking away from faith or I'm walking away from church or some version of that. Yeah. Well, first, just a lot of compassion for those parents, because that's, that's incredibly painful. My kids are 17 and 14 and, um, and just imagining them making those decisions as they as they gain independence is is heartbreaking and they're not making that decision it's just it's it it's it hurts to think about so for parents in that situation um no judgment just compassion from this side yeah. of the microphone anyway yeah. and uh and I'm sure from you guys as well i think i think another Another word would just be what your kids need is not a pastor in, in that instance. They need parents somebody, mm. you know, picture, pick, picture the, the prodigal son uh, story where the father is waiting. He's anticipating, which implies a trust in the Lord. And then when he sees his child, he runs to him and he wraps him up in a robe and he honors him. So they feel judged. Uh, wayward pastors kids almost always feel judged by the church by their parents which actually creates a, a friction and a hindrance in coming back um because they're like how could i go back Be, uh, everybody's going to view me this way and yeah. so to to do all that's in your power to say i don't care how anybody else views you they might they might 
treat you badly. I won't, you know, I love you because you're my child, because God, God gave you to me. Um, and then one final thing, I think a lot of pastors fail to repent to their kids, probably just a lot of parents, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of talk about sin and repentance, but not my sin and my need to repent. Mm -hmm. So are there things you need to go to your child and say, Hey, when you were younger, I handled things like this Mm -hmm. and that was that was wrong. And the Lord has showed me it was wrong and I need to apologize and I need to repent. And if there's been damage to the relationship, I need to do, do what's necessary to restore that. Wow. Oh, that's, that's that's really good. Barnabas, let's end this way. Uh, Let's end on the positive side. You were, you were a pastor's kid. You're raising pastor's kids. Mm -hmm. What did you, what's one thing you loved about being a pastor's kid, looking back on Mm, your childhood? Good question. Good question. Yeah, there, there are a lot of positives. You know, we focused on the hard parts, but the, mm-hmm. I think two things stand out. One is I learned to love the church in a familial way. The huh. church has always been where I have found uh, the genuine the, the genuineness of community. And I've been at healthy churches and unhealthy churches. And when they're unhealthy, that's the piece that feels so absent is there's not that sense of belonging. There's not that sense of familial relationship. And that's, I mean, that's biblical. The idea that we, we are closer to those who are in Christ, even than those to whom we're biologically related, because that's, you know, that's, that's how we're designed. And I think the second piece that I, that I've enjoyed more as I've gotten older is just realizing all the things that my parents invested in me, call it seeds that they planted very deep that are now growing, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. biblical knowledge and the habits of spiritual disciplines and these things that they instilled in me that I did not like, <laughs> you yeah. know, as a 12 and 15 year old, <laughs> yeah. but as a, but as a 40 year old, they, I look at that and I go, I don't know that I would be where I am if my parents hadn't invested that in me. So it's a, I've learned to love those things. And then the fami- the familial side of church, I've just loved all the way along. So those are two things that have been huge blessings in my life. That's awesome, man. That's We're awesome. so glad you spent some time with us. Before we let you go, where can people connect with you? Whether it's things you're writing, things you're putting on social yeah. media, where can people get to know you? Yeah, I have a website. It's just BarnabasPiper.com. Uh, you can find the books that I've written and uh, occasional articles, things like that. And then the best place social media-wise is Twitter. Uh, I'm still on Twitter for now. We'll see how long that sticks. And it's just it's just uh, at BarnabasPiper on Twitter. Awesome. Again, he's got a bunch of books. The one we've been talking about is The Pastor's Kid, What It's Like and How to Help. But go to BarnabasPiper.com. Barnabas, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, man. thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep, you're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.